by looking at the culturally relevant flavors and, and some references that we've seen once we had one of the sensor sessions, we ended up developing a strategy that had different swimming lanes for for seltzer. And that's that's how we come up with the idea of the retro summer. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Daphne Hefner, who is the VP of Insights and Strategy for Anheuser-Busch. Daphne, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I want to start with a little bit more about your role and what it covers at Anheuser-Busch. Can you tell me about that? My role is Insights and Strategy. So what it covers is everything that would help Anheuser-Busch be consumer first. So I'm currently responsible for setting up of the portfolio strategy, the research that we do when we develop our brands, improve our existing brands, and uh, the innovation side of the equation as well. So when you came into the role, what did you have to evolve with that consumer insights process to uh, take the company to the next level? One interesting thing that I've heard about the podcast is uh, you're at the intersection of uh, brand leaders and entrepreneurs, uh, and that's exactly my background. I, I sit at the intersection of both. So I came in with a mission. I'm an entrepreneur turned corporate uh, with a mission of transforming and bringing in what that what consumer centricity means in, in real terms. So when I joined, I pitched AB to use technology to, to create what consumer centricity was. And frankly, at that time, I didn't even know what it was. So I, I had an idea. But uh, when I came in, the mission and the journey was, was much more intense and, and longer than I, I expect from the get-go. So we started with, um, the first thing was literally taking the dust out of research. So the first thing was, was really to change the mindset. So it was a cultural change uh, for us to evolve from a research mindset, which is disaster check and see if something could work or not after the fact to more of the, the bartender mentality. So I had the first and foremost role was a cultural role of changing that mindset. And the bartender mindset is, is very interesting and had a very, very big impact in our teams here and the way we do business. Because today we can say that we have developed much more of the good feeling of that bartender, that uh, if you go to a bar and the bartender is a very good one, they will know what you want even before you know it. So uh, that was an initial mindset creation. And then we moved to a mindset of uh, fast, better, and first. So the first of the step was just to get fast. So everything was uh, very, very slow. So in that disaster mindset, we used to take six to eight weeks to, to even have consumer feedback. So as a matter of fact, we were consumer last, not consumer first. And uh, the first and foremost was, was really to bring in technologies to, to, to make all the processes a little faster, connecting faster, having feedback and consumer cooperation faster. So we moved in from six to eight weeks to 24 to 48 hours and using technology as an enabler. Then the second part was really to get better. So the mindset of a 10x advantage to everything that we do. So we had to really recreate and create from scratch methodologies and some even some technologies to allow us to have some advantages in the products that we developed. So as an example, we developed our own internal uh, consumer panel with uh, over 200,000 people that we can access at any time, plugged in 
through technology and neuroscience so we can kind of learn uh, and understand what is their implicit reaction to things. It's just an example, but uh, that's on the better side. And then on the faster side, on the first side, actually, the, the last part of the houses, we wanted to become more predictive. Once we evolved from a disaster check to closer connected to consumers, we wanted to have that first move advantage. So we, we started to create a, a predictive platform, uh, very connected to innovations. We call that a sensors platform, where we put uh, together a group of uh, partners and startups that have never worked together to connect the dots for us. And we try to predict what will be the next, I would say, big thing in, in beverages in general. So um, that's, that's where we are. Um, so it was the mindset and then we evolved to the first better and uh, fast bettering first. You mentioned that you come from more of an entrepreneurial background. What was it about coming into the halls of a, a massive company like uh, Anheuser-Busch that really inspired you to take that challenge? Yeah, so I was an entrepreneur in data. So I was uh, very, my background is in computer engineer. So I always been passionate about data and technology. And uh, it was always intriguing to me uh, to see uh, bigger companies having a challenge of uh, consumer centricity and uh, the speed in which things happen. So the level of um, connectivity with consumers. So I, I pitched for the opportunity of uh, try to bring it to life what consumer centricity was and try to use technology to bridge that. And that ended up into a bigger role uh, of strategy as well because we had to reformulate not just the methodologies and technologies, but also develop a strategy for the company that was centered in, in three pillars. So we say today we are rebalancing our portfolio for growth. We're building consumer connections, innovations, all of that with people at the center. So that is, that's why my, my role has even evolved to, to insights in strategy because the, the strategy for the company had to change to adapt and to be ready to have that intersection of uh, tech, the help from technology and that mindset of entrepreneurship ingrained in each step of what we do. Talking about those innovations that you're helping drive, uh, you've created some unique processes across AB, including things like iSemester and iWeek. What exactly are those and what's the role they play in the innovation pipeline? So um, it is interesting. The iWeek had evolved for us to be more of an iSemester most recently. So the idea behind the, the iSemester was uh, we knew early on from revisiting the strategy for the company that uh, innovation will have, will have a big, big role to play. And as we start to evolve the insights, we knew that we wanted to be first and more predictive. So we had to take it a separate process from our day-to-day and really create an ecosystem of uh, bringing in, starting with consumers, and that's where my group plugs in. So uh, we start the, the entire iSemester, which has as a final goal developed the innovation pipeline for the company. We start that with people tracks. So we will connect with thousands of people. We will have more than 200 people from a Heiser Bush. Pre-COVID, we used to travel across the country, but post-COVID, we used technology to actually get into in contact with consumers. So we used technology to bring them in and have conversations about their needs, trends, and some other things. So once we do that for about a month or so, we then bring in entrepreneurs, uh, influencers, 
product developers, and then we go into an ideation process of developing concepts to connect into to connect to the, the needs and barriers that were identified. And then we land into 70, almost, I would say, between 100 and 70 plus concepts. And then we filter them down, connect back to the strategy that we have, and uh, we do a shark tank at the end to identify the winners. And the winners will go to market. So we feel like at the end we will have 10, 20 very good pilots and very good innovations that we will call either big bets or pilots, and we would then put them in market. And all of that, in all these steps, we starting with the consumer track, we will have consumers coming in and uh, giving us feedback along the way. We will go as far as prototyping, having them co-creating, providing feedback on the brands and, and, and the concepts before they even go to market. So it's quite of a new process for us, I would say. It, it, we've, we've been doing it for, for about two, three years, but evolving quite a lot and have had some success along the way. So the process we'll, we're very, very proud of. And um, we then created different groups within the company to, to make it operational and continue to infuse this mindset of agility and innovation. So um, within the innovation team, we created the Apollo 11 to pilot these innovations. Within the Insights team, we created an internal agency that we call Proof to help bring in technology and consumer insights and be able to understand the earth signs and the markets once these pilots are out there. And that's something that's very special for us and we have not seen elsewhere. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. You know, mentioning that Shark Tank, I understand that one of the winners of that program has recently gone on shelves. Can you tell us about that product and, you know, how did it come about being the winner? The winner product from, from the last Shark Tank was Boxology. Imagine a premium cocktail in a box. It started from us actually in, uh, during, during the, the height of the pandemic, we've seen a huge, huge shift in the occasions and the role that in-home plays in consumption. So we, uh, we were having conversations with consumers and they, in, in many of these conversations, there was a need to have a premium product shareable that uh, consumers could enjoy at, at their homes with their pods, their group of friends and family. And there was nothing like out there that could combine the, I would say the convenience and the premium. So, so at the end we designed it's very similar to boxed wine, but uh, it's a high premium cocktail with a larger number of servings. So we have about 20 cocktails per box, 10 servings in two flavors at a little bit of a higher ABV. And we're piloting that in, into states as we learned. But it always started with consumers. And uh, although this is one of the winners of the Shark Tank, that uh, opened up the doors for us for a lot more of the innovations within the Beyond Beer space. 
So it was very interesting to see that um, now that we, we've been through a boom of seltzers and, and more of the health and wellness, not much of a stronger flavor beverages, we've seen a lot of the bifurcation of flavors and, and people really wanted differentiation of flavors and uh, hyper convenience. So we have developed then since then many other products in our pipeline and uh, have uh, invested big time in the Beyond Beer business for us to to, to really have a pipeline uh, of products within the Beyond Beer space. Talking about that Beyond Beer space, I know one of the places you've uh, played a pretty big impact is on the flavor strategy for Bud Light Seltzer. What did your team discover and how did that impact really this innovation strategy for Bud Light Seltzer? I mentioned the, the sensors platforms in the beginning. So that's our predictive platform. And we meet with a group of what we call a consortium of partners. We meet uh, on a regular basis to kind of connect different data sets that goes all the way from social media, white papers, consumer mentions, videos. And, and then we try to extract the trends from it. And um, in one of these sensor sessions, what we've seen was the bifurcation of that need for differentiation. So um, we noticed that within that seltzer space, it was uh, very, very hard to enter the space with traditional flavors because consumers were already getting used to the, to certain flavors. And um, what we noticed was there was an opportunity for us into development of something that could be culturally relevant in some products that could have, I would say, more of a full flavor and more of an appeal to invite consumers to try. So by looking at the culturally relevant flavors and and some references that we've seen uh, once we had uh, one of the sensor sessions, we ended up developing a strategy that had different swimming lanes for for seltzer. And that's how we came come up with the idea of the retro summer, which was inspired in the tie-dye. It was a, a pretty big trend in the summer. And then that resulted in us developing a much bigger line of culturally relevant flavors. And then we use the predictive tool we have predictive tools we have to understand what could be the next uh, next one. And we ended up then changing the strategy to go to market because we, we noticed that once consumers try through one of these culturally relevant flavors, they're twice as much likely to stay within the brand. So we needed something to invite them to, to try, and, and that was the way to go. As we head into 2020, what's your vision for how Consumer Insights can help AB lead future growth in the industry? We will continue to, to drive consumer centricity. So that to me should be the role of consumer insights to lead future growth in the industry. The mindset for us now will be the mindset of, uh, we, we still have the bartender mindset, but it's a mindset of transformation. We are going to continue to be very, very close to the consumer shifts going to the next year. So currently we are, we, we've seen five shifts that are going to be driving growth in the industry moving forward. So when you look at these five, it is about that time tension, how people will make up for time that they lost. It is about being close to the the digital acceleration and provide things that are connected to how people consume content. And we've seen a big hockey stick in COVID. E-commerce will be a very big factor for us in how we connect e-commerce to drive loyalty the holistic health approach, so not just health and wellness and carb and health, but also 
the mental aspect of uh, holistic wellness, and then multicultural consumers. All these five things we are going to be monitoring very close and, and thinking through a pipeline of products to address these consumer shifts for the next year and connecting them to the core of our strategy. Yeah, that's perfect. So I really appreciate you sharing the, the journey that you've been on with Consumer Insights and how it's making the change at Anheuser-Busch. Thank you. Appreciate your time as well. Pleasure to connecting. Indeed. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.